Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by the District Sports page and FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Tom Bridge from the District Sports page on the line. Can you hear me, Tom? Of course. This is just one of those days, apparently. Tom, are you there? Hello, how are you, sir? Yay, I unmuted you and muted you again, and now you're working. Can you hear me now? Woohoo! Yes, I can. Can you, you can hear me? me? Oh. Yes, thank God. This is actually going to work tonight. Well, let's get right into it Whew. before I shoot myself in the head. Tom Kohler on the mound for the Marlins tonight. 1680 ERA, 361 FIP, 198, 258, 287 line against, and 48 and a third innings pitch in Marlins Park this season versus a 37 ERA, 488 FIP, 249, 331, 424 line against, and 62 and two thirds away from Miami. But he was 2 and 2 with a 144 ERA in his last four starts all on the road, so he's picking it up a little bit. Back in Miami tonight, three scoreless, but a blooper by Harper falls in in the left field. Triple by Ian Desmond brings him around. Sacrifice fly by Michael A. Taylor, two to one in the fourth. The Nationals are up. Two out rally in the fifth. You now Escobar and, you, and Jason Worth single. Bryce Harper comes up. Homer to left, uh, right field. Three run blast, five two. So my question here: Does Tom Kohler have Bryce Harper themed nightmares at this point? Two for three against him tonight with the home run. Seven for twenty-one. Five home runs career versus Kohler after he hit three and three at bats earlier this season in Nationals Park. Tom Kohler just probably wants to hit Bryce Harper next time he steps in against him. I, I would certainly strongly recommend the intentional walk, if nothing else. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, as, as uh, Harper's had a, a hit and miss uh, series. He hit the ball real hard today, and uh, yeah, at some point as a pitcher, you just gotta, you just kind of gotta, you know, lean in and <laughs> throw the ball outside, <laughs> and hope you've thrown it far enough outside to make sure he gets aboard. Yeah, Matt Williams was talking this afternoon about uh, last month with all the players out of the lineup uh, hitting uh, pitchers were able to avoid Bryce Harper as much as possible, but you get these guys back in there and. You're a little bit more afraid of a Ryan Zimmerman or Jason Worth maybe than some other teams were of the Nationals' unproven players. And hopefully Bryce Harper, he said, is going to start to see better pitches and at least more hittable pitches. The pitches he saw tonight weren't good, and he absolutely crushed them. Uh, Extended his on-base streak to 25 straight games, 44 straight on-base on the road. Really nice night by Harper overall. Three for four, four RBIs, three runs scored, 1K, 335 average on the year after that. The win... Number 33 on the mound now after he gave up his 58 to Papelbon. Apparently he was compensated well for that, though there's no word on what that was. Uh, since he came off the DL in mid-June, 1 for 4, 472 ERA, 324, 362, 479 line against and 34 and a third inning pitch. He was struggling to find his sink, as he told reporters after last week's game. Uh, two out hit by pitch in the second, followed by an RBI double by Ichiro. One nothing fish after two, two to one Nats in the fourth. He gives up a leadoff walk, a two out single by Ichiro. Hechevarria comes around, uh, two to two game at that point. I don't think it was Hechevarria who scores there, even though that's what it says on my walk. But anyway, 
two to two game there with the score five to two. Fisher throws a scoreless scoreless range in the fifth and sixth, leaves the game ninety six pitches total. A few pitches up in the zone from him again were hit pretty hard, but a decent start from Doug Fister and a nice bounce back. He ends up going six innings, four hits, two earned runs, one walk, four Ks. Got a few more grounders, five to three, grind out the fly out this time, so a little bit better from Doug Fister this time around. Was actually sinking, which was a very pleasant thing, unless you were Justin Boer who got hit twice. Uh, and you know, Justin Boer was the guy who scored that run there uh, in the second, in the fourth inning there to tie the ball game. Um, but very interesting on that play, uh, there was a decent throw to the cutoff man from Jason Worth, and cutoff man Ian Desmond had his choice at that point. He could try to gun down uh, Boer at the at the at home plate, or he can try and catch Ichiro in the rundown. He opted to catch Ichiro in the rundown because Wilson Ramos has been absolutely terrible at fielding the catcher's position this year, especially on plays at the plate. And that was something I noticed immediately this evening, um, which may or may not prove uh, controversial in the next couple of of weeks. But, you know, if uh, if Wilson Ramos can't make a decent play at the plate, uh, it, it's going to be a lot harder for the Nationals to uh, deal with in situations where their pitching can't keep up. Was uh, Lobotone behind the plate? Now I had to double check myself when you were oh, saying that. But... No, you are correct. It was Lobotone tonight, so I guess that throws my theory entirely off. <laughs> but your uh, commentary on Wilson Ramos at the plate is hardly off, so I'd say there's. Uh, it's something that you have to work on, obviously, and his uh, success at the plate is making it a little tougher to take when he misses one effort and other throws in on there. It kind of made it, maybe it's the rule change that they made where he has to go out in front of the plate and field it in a different way than he probably grew up doing, but that has been a continuing problem for Wilson Ramos. Sure. Uh, not to nitpick, Certainly an interesting that choice I'm, tonight. I was going to say, going back to that inning, not to nitpick on it because the Nats ended up winning big, but something I didn't like in that, it's 2-1 to one, Nats in the fourth. And he issues a leadoff walk to Justin Bohr. He is the one who ended up coming around to score. You're right. That's what I had wrong in my notes earlier, but two outs after the leadoff walk, Ichiro single, Hechevaria up with the pitcher on deck. Doug Fister, for some reason, gives them something to hit. Singles the left. Uh, why give him anything to hit? Basically, at that point is my question. He ties it up a 2-2 game at that point. You have the pitcher coming up after him. Uh, I don't understand why you would even give him anything he could possibly hit and put in play. to see what he threw in that situation. Uh, but, you know, Hechevaria has been particularly adept in the eight slot for the Marlins this year. And it's uh, if you've got the base to give him, why not give him the base? You're going to be facing the pitcher. Um, it's not like uh, <laughs> it's not like Tom Kohler has a particularly uh, frust- or a particularly difficult bat uh, to go up against. Yeah, I just it was frustrating at that point. I was hoping that it didn't end up costing them a game, which it didn't. Obviously, Harper came back with the three-run home run the next inning to break up that two-two tie. So, like I said, it seems nitpicky at this point. But when you're playing close games, you need all the wins you can get. Stuff like that kind of frustrating for the Nationals to be doing at this point. Uh, the Nationals added their lead later in the game. Harper upper deck and right. I think it was measured at 411 feet, number 29 of the season. It takes Sam Dyson deep on a 95 mile an hour first pitch fastball. Just absolutely crushed it. He's hit three home runs in the month coming into this game. Adds two tonight, 28 and 29 on the season, and just continues to impress. And 
more impressive, as I mentioned earlier, not getting a lot to hit. And when he does get them, he still manages to hit them out. 29 home runs on the season at this point. I mean, he crushed that second homer. I, it, it's one of those places where they said it was 4-11. Is that, is that all they said it was? Because, boy, I, 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 was surprised I have by to that say too. it was closer to 500 feet. Because, I mean, he hit it halfway up the second deck. He was practically out on the concourse entrance um, looking at the replay. So uh, I don't know how they measure their feet down in Miami. It's entirely possible that was uh, miscalculated. But it was certainly a long bomb. It was great to see Harper get a two-homer night, especially because he's been a little bit on the on underpowered side the last couple of weeks. And, yeah, I think you're. I think Matt Williams is exactly right. He's finally getting some stuff to hit again. Good to see. Speaking of which, Michael Taylor homered in that inning too. Also hit a sack fly in that uh, earlier in the game. Uh, brought Ian Desmond in after the triple that drove in Bryce Harper earlier. Uh, comes into the game 397, 455, 603 line with runners in scoring position on the season. The second uh, sack fly of the year with that one, two to one, put the Nationals up at that point. Yeah, Jason Worth back, Denard Span working his way back. It's going to be hard for the Nationals to take Michael Taylor out at this point. And the only good thing I can see is that Jason Worth and Denard Span both, you know, not going to be in midseason or you know where they should be if they were playing the whole season. So hopefully you can rest them and get Michael Taylor as many at bats as possible because he's really producing now and looking good at the plate. And defensively, he's just been outstanding all season. And it's uh, with, with Span working to come back through those back spasms, it's not clear that he's got a full cure ahead of him. Um, he, Taylor can find himself in more games than uh, – he's definitely found himself in more games than we were expecting at the beginning of the season, but I certainly wouldn't count him out for spot starts throughout the rest of the year and for somebody who's great in high-leverage situations with runners in scoring position. Uh, look for him to take a lot of those ABs in the, in late in the game. Uh, as we go down the stretch. Yeah, before the Nats put it away with the two home runs in the eighth inning that put them up 7-2, to two, it was looking like a save situation. So we got a glimpse of what might be coming forward here with the move yesterday to bring in Papelbon, which people seem to be calming down a little bit. I don't know if you've calmed down a little bit from your anger last night, but uh, Papelbon was warming up after Casey Jansen in the seventh, Drew Storen in the eighth. He was warming up there before the Nats went ahead. They ended up going with Tanner Roark instead, so we didn't get our glimpse of the new A-10 for Matt Williams there, but sign of things to come. That That's how it's looking like it's going to line up, and this is why the move, I think, makes sense. Uh, I've heard a lot of people arguing this, obviously, so it's not a unique or uh, my own idea here, but Casey Jansen taking over the seventh inning role. Drew Storen moves from the ninth to the eighth. Papelbon to close it out in the ninth. And you can rely on your starters. If they get through six innings, you pretty much have a lights out 10 going forward. Yep. And you know, although the one interesting thing to look at, if you take a look at Drew Storen's splits over the years, he's actually been a more effective seventh inning pitcher than he has been an eighth inning pitcher. I don't necessarily know if that's a number that anybody's going to go bother and look at, uh, but I seem to recall it was a run and a half difference in the ERA between the seventh and the eighth. So it's entirely possible they could try to slot him in in the seventh for a little bit just to see how he fares. But I think that would be a demotion too far, uh, at least to, 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 to handle it that far. I mean, I, it's bad enough he's not the ninth inning guy when he's been as stellar as he has been this year. Um, and what frustrates me, and I'm sure frustrates him, 
is that he's coming up on another arbitration year and shortly after that a contract year. And the number of starts the number of cases where he's not actually a closer uh is going to affect his bottom line when it comes time to free to to play the free agent market. Yeah, you'd hope that he's done enough to get uh, you know, what he deserves if he goes into arbitration again this year and the raise that he deserves, but the absurdity of the pay difference between the seventh, eighth and ninth inning is something I don't think is talked about enough in these discussions and definitely makes a huge difference for these players and how much they're going to make going forward, when you, especially when you're in arbitration and you pretty much can double your salary every year. A move from the ninth to the eighth to the seventh inning is a huge difference in pay for these guys and something that I don't blame them at all, especially with the reliever and the short shelf life they have in the major leagues. You want to make what yep. you can while you can and take advantage of what you can as the baseball teams and the league in general are taking advantage of these guys' arms while they can. Definitely, and this is a place where you can definitely see that there's no way Storin resigns with the Nationals after he's a free agent. And quite frankly, I would not blame him one bit. And they do have him and uh, Papelbon on the contract for two more years, I believe. Uh, he has some time to think about this one. Comments last night seemed to hint that he might be asking for a trade, though there's no, you know, we're reading between the lines on that one. He certainly didn't seem too happy about what happened. But the Nationals did trade for the closer, didn't get to use them tonight. They win the game 7-2, 53-46 on the year. I haven't checked on the Mets score, but they were losing last I looked. They Uh, lost. Nationals, they lost uh, two games in the NL East now. Go ahead. If I can just interject for just a moment, what the Mets did to Wilmer Flores tonight is absolutely 100% criminal. Wilmer's part of the three-person deal that sends uh, Carlos Gomez from the Brewers to the Mets and uh, Wilmer Flores, and I'm forgetting, it's Wheeler who's going with him uh, to the to the Brewers subject to physicals. Uh, oh, how do you leave him in there for two innings after he's been traded? He's obviously emotional. You you got to pull him there. You got to let him cool down in the clubhouse. The, really, for God's sake, have some freaking yeah. heart, Collins. That was terrible. Apparently some of his post-game comments kind of rectified some of that situation because they were Terry Collins' great sort of comments coming out of it in the last few minutes that I've seen. So hopefully he had something good to say and kind of quashed that issue because there were a lot of tweets about how he was in tears on the field at that point. It's kind of tough, but we joked a little bit with Doghouse last night about whether the Nationals needed to make a move to kind of keep up with the Joneses after the Nationals, had, uh, the Mets, I should say, added Tyler Clifford to the bullpen, Juan Uribe and Kelly Johnson to the lineup. Now they had a big outfield bat in Carlos Gomez. That's the kind of bat the Mets have been talking about getting all year. The Mets clearly think they can win this one. They're two games back in the NL East now. The Nationals have struggled in the last end, but the Mets are making moves here that make them makes it clear that they think they can compete in the division this year, and they're going for it. They are definitely going for it, and they are not going to give up easy. However, they are the Mets. We do have at least that much <laughs> for us. What do you think about them trading uh, for uh, Wheeler, who's coming back from Tommy John? Flores, obviously, their shortstop at the point, but bringing Carlos Gomez into that outfield is just a huge move by the Mets. Yeah, I was going to say they have gone for broke. They 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 have absolutely pulled out every possible stop to uh, go after this title. And they had a lot more to that they were willing to part with than the Nationals were willing to part with, especially when it comes to somebody like Wheeler, uh, especially when it comes to Flores, who's been you know pretty solid in the at the shortstop position this year. And yeah, 
you go, you get a big bat, you hope he makes a difference. But, you know, I, I can't think of a trade where, you know, the team, you know, goes out, grabs a big, big bat like that, and then that's absolutely the difference come the playoffs. So will it be a difference in the, play, in the, in the hunt? Absolutely. Is this going to be enough? I don't think. I, 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 it's too early to tell. The other big deal tonight, obviously, there's a, uh, some sort of three-team trade that I don't know if it's officially completed yet between the Braves, Dodgers, and Marlins. You're seeing all these teams that the Nationals could be fighting with towards the end of the season and possibly in the postseason load up on players. Nationals got a few days to decide, and obviously there's a this is a non-waiver deadline. There's a waiver deadline after that, but from the looks of it tonight, the Dodgers have added the Braves' left-hander Alex Wood, Marlins' uh, right-hander Matt Latos to the rotation, Jim Johnson to the bullpen. L.A. is reportedly talking David Price at this point, too. I don't know how many starters are trying to line up there, but if they, they, right now if this trade goes through, they have Latos, Kershaw, who is scratched from the start tonight. I didn't see why. Grinky, Latos, Wood added to that rotation along with Bolsinger out there. Uh, do you think the Nationals are, have to respond to this, or do you trust Mike Rizzo and think the Nationals have enough going forward that they can stick with what they got and their players coming back from an uh, injury and the DL? to make a move, but I'm not sure who's a, who, who they could get that could actually counter one of these other moves successfully. And that's the biggest concern. If you're going to give up somebody, if you're, if you're concerned about Fister's health in the long run, you're concerned about uh, whether or not you know Geo's going to get it done for you all season. Um, you got You you've got to go make a move. But I'm just not sure that there's enough quality out there left on the marketplace in order to really make a difference. So they could try and make a move. They could, or they could, you know, bring up Joe Ross full time. Um, hmm. But you know, I think the bigger concerns long term of this season are offensive in nature and not pitching. The starting pitching this year has been, I mean, if you look at Scherzer, he's been excellent. If you look at Gio and Fister, they've been hit and miss. Um, they've got to get Strasburg healthy, and I think that's, uh, you know, a huge concern. He had a rough night through three in his spot start. I think he'd given up three three or five runs this evening in his spot, in his, uh, in his rehab start. So it, it's, there are a lot of question marks for this team, but I just don't know if there's an e- they, they say in the world of orbital dynamics, if you start to look at the number of moving bodies in play in the solar system and start to think about what it would take to, to move a, a spaceship between those places, that there are just too many orbiting bodies to, get a, a, to, to have 100% certainty in the way in which you move throughout the solar system. And I know that this is a really long-winded, really wild explanation <laughs> for what I'm about to say. But I believe that that's also true in Major League Baseball. There are too many moving parts. There are too many different possible outcomes for a given uh, trade to be able to be comfortable with it from moment one. So that is my long-winded saying, uh, way of saying they could make a move, but I just don't see which move they could make and be successful with or where they would play if they're adding a position player at this point with everyone back. It's kind of questionable where they could add this player, a fourth outfield bat possibly, a backup first baseman, but then you have Clint Robinson, of course. You have Tyler Moore with yep. Bernard Span and worst back. You have Michael Taylor as a fourth outfielder at this point. So where they could add something that would make sense for the Nationals is questionable. Just following up on what you said, I was pulling up the box score. As you said, it's Strasburg took the loss tonight, but – 
losses in a minor league game matter not at all. Four innings pitched, four hits, three earned runs, one walk, five Ks, 64 pitches, 44 strikes, five ground outs, no fly outs on the night. I'm sure he's just getting his work in at that point, and who knows what happened to let those three runs in. It's a minor league game, but Matt Williams said today they wanted to get him to about 65 pitches, see what's up after that, maybe get him another start where he gets up to 85-90 before coming back, but they're going to evaluate after this. You know, we'll see where Steven Strasburg makes his next start. We know where the Nationals' next game is. we got a 12 o'clock game tomorrow afternoon, in case anyone didn't see that. One more with the fish before they wrap it up. That's nightly. Speaking of wrapping up, it's sponsored by the District Sports page and federalbaseball.com. Hopefully tomorrow's show will go off without any hitches because we've been having serious technical difficulties the last two nights, but I appreciate you hanging in there with us, Tom. Tom Bridge, at Tom Bridge DSP on Twitter. If you're not already following him, we're at Federal Baseball. Matt's Nightly is sponsored by the District Sports page and federalbaseball.com. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good evening. And go oh, now. Go now. <laughs> Good night.